this is the weekly Canary Cast podcast, hopefully of interest to people. We try and keep it upbeat. Um, my name is Cleo O'Flynn and I'm in the southwest of Tenerife and my co-host is... Is Janet Anscombe and I'm in the western hills of Tenerife at a kilometre altitude and it's a little bit warmer this week than it was last. <laughs> last week you were practically buried <laughs> under an, under a snow mountain. And we were, were 300 metres only below the snow line and we had scarves and three layers of cardigans and two <laughs> layers of socks and... <laughs> And as and every year, my my daughter, uh, her her dad, who is well, he's lived here for thirty years, so he's even more Canarian than I am. He's Spanish, so gets really excited by snow up in the mountain. I'm a bit kind of blasé about it. So it was his day with her. He said, "Right, we're going up the mountains to see the snow," and she said, "She said it was grand. We didn't mind being stuck in a queue for an hour and a half because that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that was yeah. yesterday. So I, there are queues, but it is glorious to see." I mean, Facebook yeah. is full of photographs of, of our lovely Mount Tady, and it is quite divine. And I went for a swim in the sea while they were up in the mountains. And it is one of the things I love boasting about when I talk to people at home, that you can do, do these two things within the space of two hours. I remember many years ago now, there was a, um, a, a sort of an April Fool's day joke, except it was in December, uh, the innocent uh, the, the 28th of December. Uh, and you have all these sort of spoof stories in the papers, and they had one that Tate was going to be turned into a ski resort. <laughs> and and it's only when you actually see the Guardia Seville training up there. As we and, spoke about, yes. As we spoke about last week. And also the Bomberos do it as, as well, uh, as well as the Guardia Seville. Okay. They, they all um, practice on these ski slopes up in Las Cañadas in, in the National amazing. Park and it's unbelievable so it wasn't altogether that far-fetched that Teddy could be a ski no. resort. Apart from the <laughs> fact it's national it's a UNESCO protected. It's a national I park. I mean so maybe people don't know that it, it is a UNESCO uh, heritage site and in fact it, that happened during my lifetime here I think it might have happened in the early 200s in the first decade of this century that the Cabildo of Tenerife actually won a designation of UNESCO heritage site for Mount Tady, so it's protected, it's a protected area. It's, it's got to be about a decade ago now that yeah. that happened, it was about 10 years or so ago, and of course it's not the only UNESCO site no. here, I mean we have, we have the, we have Tady, the Tady National Park, uh, and La Laguna is, but La is, Laguna is, is, a, is as well. It's as well. It's a and, and if I'm correct, a, the the whole island of El Hierro is a UNESCO biosphere, isn't it? Recognized. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, we have some very very special places here that do. are protected by we international do. international in, cause. Yeah. In fact, since we're nattering on, um, one of the things I did well it was the year before last. Now I helped with a series of guided tours for secondary school students, local public school secondary school students around the Deje. I was doing an English version with, with a colleague doing a Spanish version about the architectural, they're called BOCs, so they're um, architectural cultural protected areas. And there's five or, five or six of them in Adeje. Um, there's there's a statue, there's, a, there's a, the, the cannon, there's the fort house. Um, and, it's something I would maybe we could talk about again and I'll get the full list because again in a small borough like Adeje there are five or six I mean very interesting sites of architectural in 
uh, interest. And there's even a, an area of digs where they have found guanche pottery and stuff like that. So, and, and in Gerdesora, the, the old town centre is considered a, an area of patrimony uh, as well because it's so old and original and in its original form. There you go. So that they've tried, they've been, um, for the last couple of years now, they've been rerouting traffic around because they are trying, because the old town centre is, the, the roads are very, very narrow. Okay. So they've been trying to reroute the traffic to preserve How nice. the centre. The old town. It's amazing some of the history here. Yeah, we can look into that. We do live in a very interesting place. So, and as we said last week, this podcast can lend itself to that if people are interested. Oh, yes, absolutely. Listen, Janet, um, I want we're going to talk about the change in the levels, um, which is I think will be of interest to everybody. There's a bit of news about the air take. I also just want to ask you if I need to roll back on information about vaccines because a couple of people were saying that maybe I got it wrong about the fact that in Spain vaccines would only be available as I believed through the national health system. Now you, I mean, what is your understanding of that? Okay, the, the situation is one of some minor confusion, but overall it's perfectly clear. At the moment, the vaccine is only available through the state health system. And we are virtually through here. I mean, health is a devolved power in Spain. It's coordinated nationally for the COVID response, okay. but it is a devolved power. So what is decided nationally is then carried out practically by the local governments in all the devolved power regions of Spain. And the Canary Islands is one of them. So Sanidad here in the Canaries is responsible for providing the vaccine to everybody here through the health service. Now, obviously, some people are not in the health service. They may have private health care. They may only. be only. And of course, that is a perfectly legitimate stance. In fact, having private health care is a requirement if you haven't got state health care before they let you register as a legal resident. Okay. So it's a perfectly legitimate thing only to have private health care. There's nothing wrong with that. No. But when you have when you have the vaccine only available through the state system, that leaves anybody in that category, along with the homeless or those who are under the radar. These are all people the government wants to be vaccinated mm -hmm. because obviously the more people that are vaccinated, the safer we'll all be. So they have to include these people who are not in the state system. But Somehow. the vaccine is currently only available through the state yeah. system. That is as much as can be said at the moment, okay. obviously. An evolving situation, as you say. Exactly. And we will just have to wait and see. The fact, the simple fact is that we are still not in the Canaries or nationally through the first of the priority groups yet. Okay. So Speaking there of... are going to be three or four of these priority groups before we get on to ordinary people yeah. who are not in a particular, particularly vulnerable uh, situation. So the, the bottom line is you don't need to row back on that. These people will be covered. Okay. But at the moment they are not, and we are awaiting information as to how they will be how they will be given the vaccine, given that they're not in the state system. Okay. I mean, one of the questions I have, and I'm going to try and find out the answer, is the number of people who are in long-term stay 
in non-registered care homes. And there are a few of them in the south of the island. I know because at times I've had to help get in touch with relatives. Um, now, these are not registered with local councils. So therefore, and I am in no way saying that they are not excellent because I've heard super reports you know, of, of from, from these care homes. So these might be for uh, elderly people who need long-term care, long care. They might have a husband or wife or spouse who's living in an apartment here in Adeche, but they need to be looked after by nurses, doctors, or 24-hour assistants. Now, I have no idea whether the healthcare workers or the um, social workers or the care workers in these homes have any eligibility to be called frontline workers if they're not registered. And I don't know if the residents of these care homes have any priority because they're in an institute or in a care home centre that isn't registered. And I'm going to I'm going to see if I can find out between now and next week, because I think that it might only affect maybe 40 or 50 people. But I think it's an important question. I agree. OK, well, I will I, I will I will undertake to do that. OK. Yeah. Right. The main news, I think, Janet, is that from last night, Tenerife at last, at last, at last, Lomet, continuing this vein, moved from level three to level two in terms of COVID alertedness, to use a silly word. What are the main changes then in terms of that change of status? OK, well, at the moment, the Canaries as a whole are being put into risk categories that we can call a traffic light system. Okay. And red is the maximum tier three, and the middle one is amber tier two, and green is obviously the lowest tier one. Okay. These, there are, so given that we have a system of traffic lights with tiers one, two, and three, there are general measures which are applicable until the end of time or until COVID is beaten. Whichever and there comes are first. Also, <laughs> yes, whichever comes first. Or, but there are also rather um, specific measures that are in place now until the 24th of January, which is the end of this week. It is Sunday, next okay. Sunday. So given that, there are two answers to any island that is in a particular tier, there will be an answer that is applicable now for this week mm -hmm. and an answer that is applicable to the same tier, but after the special measures are lifted. Okay, it's complicated. There is, also, there is also a proviso that in the next week, they may decide to extend the special measures. So there are three possibilities. <clears throat> One, that we're talking about measures as they are this week. Mm -hmm. Two, that we're talking about measures as they are next week. And three, that this week's measures might be extended. Okay, so, so it's not, it's not simple to follow. It's not, it's not simple. No. And all we can do is talk about how things are right now. Okay. So for this next week until the end of Sunday, as things stand. And today is the 18th of January, just in case anyone's just dropping into the middle of the podcast. Today is Monday. Yes, the 18th. Am I right? Yeah. It is the 18th, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It's the 18th. And, and the measures are in place. The special measures are in place until the 24th. Could okay. be extended. But for this whole week, going down to level two means that we have an hour more in the night before our curfew starts. It was 10 o'clock. Now it's 11 p.m. Okay. 
places that are open to service, drinks or food or entertainment as allowed, they can also stay open until 11 o'clock. They're no longer required to close at 10. Okay. The, um, the driving around the island, that is, hang on a second, I will need to, the curfew is between 11 and 6. Travel around the island has never been banned, but the public is asked to restrict movement as much as possible. So stay in now, your borough unless it's essential, basically. If yeah, possible. that is not the problem. Is this isn't a rule, and, and people no. do like to. The, the government in the UK had a saying a little while ago that the the limitations that were in place were not a target. People shouldn't be aiming for them. They were the absolute maximum that was okay. permitted, and it's the same here. We are allowed to travel around the island, but we're asked not to. All right. Basically. Now, that limitation of circulation as they're calling it the curfew is only while we are in special measures okay. so next week assuming these special measures are not um, extended even if we stay in level two and even those who are in level three they will not have a curfew at so all it might just be uh, completely lifted it could be completely could lifted. be could be yeah. Okay. The other thing that will make a difference to Tenerife is that there was a limitation on leaving and arriving into any island in tier three without adequate reason, which was defined in a law that you okay. had to be for going to the doctor, legal, going for money to the bank or whatever, or um, to help someone who needed to be, to be taken care of or to return home, for example, okay. you were allowed yep. to come yep. back in as a legal resident. These restrictions are only applicable in level three while there are special measures. So again, that is one that Gran Canaria and Lanzarote, for example, at the moment are in level three. Assuming these special measures are not extended, that won't apply to them, even if they stay in level three from okay. next week. Okay. So basically what we're looking at is a ratcheting mechanism. Each of these moves, it, it sounds big, we're now in level two rather than in level three. The special measures might be, you know, we've gone down from red to yellow. Each of these measures itself is only a little ratchet. Okay. So we have one hour of freedom. We're allowed to be in groups of four from two households, from more than one household, mm -hmm. but we're still limited to a group of four. Uh, one of the things yeah. that I do believe, I mean, as I have read because I've been asked about this, is that the gymnasiums are reopening so indoor sports is now allowed as and if my understanding my reading of it is that as long as a distance of at least two meters may be maintained between users and a monitor it's not limited to groups of four so if yes that's right but i think there are capacity restrictions inside which have been in place but, anyway so that's again within within exactly. the 50 percent limit probably Okay, exactly. no, because I've been asked in terms of dance classes here. I mean, my daughter's theatre class is back to we we've had this discussion before. Words become confused because you're wording using new words. In Spanish, you'd say a class presencial. So I'm assuming that's an in-person class as opposed to an yeah. online class. So that's her theatre school estrellas will return to online classes from Saturday, which is is fantastic for me and for her. Um, and long may it last. Yes. Just yes. while you talked about travel, something occurred to me as well. And I somebody sent me a link to a message from Pedro Martin, who is the president of the Tenerife Cabildo. 
Um, and it was just to let people know, now they did this at Christmas, that the Cabildo will fund PCR tests for any students who need to return to their studies outside of Tenerife. Okay, so if you have a kid who came home for Christmas, now needs to go back to the UK or to the mainland or somewhere where they need to have a PCR test before they leave the Canary Islands to return to their studies, there's a good chance that the Cabildo of Tenerife will fund that for you, will pay for it for you, but you will need to go onto their page to have a look and it will be in Spanish. But it's just, it's, it's an extra little help that the Cabildo are planning. And speaking of help, Janet, um, I've just seen a headline in the Diario de Visos that the Spanish government nationally are also looking at an extension of the ERTE. This is very good news because there are people who are so struggling and need to be reassured that they can stay home and work from home if they can and not have to go, or, or maybe their businesses are closed down where they're, where they're employed. You know, it's very, very important. All I would say is that it is all very well making these announcements, but they have to back them up with actual action. There are people waiting months yeah. for their IT payments. So yeah, it's great, extend it for another four months. But what about the people who've already been waiting four months for their first yeah. payment? They've got and, to get and, the money yeah. out there. That's very They're, true. You know, it, it, it is a little bit like we've, we've talked before in various areas. They, they make these grand announcements and it, it, it's all very good. But unless they enforce them or unless they back them up yeah. with actual actions, you know, nobody can eat an announcement. No, no. I mean, I do think... Money. I look to, I mean, I know I talk about Ireland because I'm from there, but from the minute the pandemic was acknowledged, there was a, a 350 euro weekly payment for just about everyone. And it was it was arriving into people's bank accounts from week one. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think that slashing of bureaucracy and red tape maybe wasn't done and isn't being done with the same level of, of I don't know, efficiency here as it as it needs to be done like I, I say people I, can't eat a promise no they can't and i think one area where not enough attention has been paid is it is widely recognized that these sorts of measures and COVID itself affects disproportionately those who are more vulnerable economically as well as physically yeah and, and mentally and, and mentally but economically those who are less advantaged are affected more now this has been known from the off and these early payments are in fact for this very group so to me making the announcement without a coordinated and concerted effort to back it up with action immediately not in a couple of weeks time hmm. immediately was something that really should have been prioritized and, and we have to assume it wasn't prioritized because here we are four months later and people are still waiting and there was so other emergency payments that haven't come through or took months and months and months for exactly. for, for you know declarations to be studied and people's you know make sure that the address you have on your residency is the same as the address that you have in your passport and stuff like really that kind of stuff shouldn't have held up payments no and, and it is a it is worthwhile stressing that it is a policy decision this is a choice a political choice now i'm not suggesting that the politicians have chosen to leave people without money but certainly the choice was not to prioritize it mm -hmm. and given the given the potential 
for knock-on effects. Yeah. So, yeah. for example, people who are desperate for money because they, the urti didn't come through four months later, who, how many can actually, who have to work, can wait four months for, for a wage? I mean, no, they can't. can't. Especially Most people if you've got kids. And, yeah. And, and so if you're in that situation, you are likelier... And I'm not trying to cast aspersions on anyone. It's a, it's a simple matter of fact. If you are in that situation and you're desperate for money, you are likelier to break the rules. You are likelier to lie about having COVID because you need to go to work. If, if you have True. money and bills to pay and a mortgage and a child who needs to eat, of course, you're going to do what you have to do. Again, very many people in a desperate situation wouldn't turn to crime, but some will because to they're feed desperate. A family. <laughs> Yeah. You know, if your child is starving, would you steal? I would. Of course. So you have health knock-on effects. You have crime knock-on effects. It's not just a case of, oh, well, well, we'll make the promise and in four months' time, we'll maybe give them 100 euros or so. You can't do that. No, 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 no. And, and, it isn't and the just payments have to be realistic as well. Absolutely. They can't be tokenistic. It, I mean, that doesn't yeah. help anybody. No. But you have to look at policy in the round. And they can't just look at this as a financial policy no. it has ramifications for health policy for law yeah. and order policy yeah i mean it, it, it and well, also housing the thing housing is well. the one excuse that one can make for any government trying to deal with this is that nobody nobody knew that this would go on would evolve continue extend to the extent that it has and i mean while there are lights at the end of tunnels um this could perhaps be the most dangerous time in terms of infections because people are beginning to think vaccines here can start to relax, start to go out. And I mean, I, I, That's I dangerous. people are dying still. And I mean, yes, what was it? it is over two million now. The, w, yeah. the World I mean, Health Organization said yesterday over two million people have died from COVID. Some people will say same number of people die from cancer in three months or from the flu in a year. But the infection rates are still spiraling and the death rates are spiraling. So exactly. And there is a group in the UK called Independent SAGE. Now, people will have heard of SAGE, which is the government's expert advisory committee. Yes. And there's a group of scientists who have who collaborate and who discuss what they would do if they were members of SAGE. And I mean, they're the same sort of professional qualifications and they call themselves Independent SAGE. OK. And only today. Only today they're talking about not treating, how important it is not to treat the vaccine as some sort of cipher that we can now all relax because we've got the vaccine and once you've got, that we need a plan B because even by a realistic, any realistic measure, it's going to be middle of the year, possibly even the end of the year before yeah. we have enough people vaccinated even to be hopeful of safety Absolutely. and in that time in that time without people actually locked down the virus itself has the opportunity to mutate and for a um, a vaccine um, for for a strain to appear that is resistant to the vaccine mm. so we need we need a plan b even though we've got the vaccine and the vaccine is not the end of the yeah. and, of the, and of we're the, we are sitting on an island that survives because of tourism, because of normally the desire for strangers from all over the world to come and visit us. And uh, 
like I, I'm not the only one. I know lots of people who are, first of all, enjoying everything that this island has to offer in a way we never could before. But also yes. while knowing that our economy depends on tourism is terrified about lifting restrictions on tourism <laughs> coming back to the country because the sense is you just open it up again and three weeks later we're back into lockdown because the figures are out of control. And it is a dreadful catch to 20 situation. It also goes back to an, another argument that you and I have talked about years ago or in last year, that the this island, these islands depend too much upon tourism. Uh, and it's just it's a pet. Oh, a pet the on a particular tourism where yeah. there is a mass market. And, and exactly. In fact, what is interesting? What is interesting is increasingly other areas of the world that are heavily dependent on tourism as well. They are now looking at how to, to they are having the same conversation that the authorities here are having or have been having about how to get tourists in but to restrict numbers which means a different model a different of kind tour of tourism and yeah. maybe in, yeah and yeah. just to say that mass tourism of cheap and cheerful jetting around the globe maybe they are maybe it's not just the canary islands that are looking at an end to this it was i think it was going towards that way anyway. I mean, the, the only building five star resorts here, trying to move away from um, chips and beer tourism, um, which has ser served the island so well for many decades, but was was seen to be on the way out anyway, and moving towards a different, you could call it quality, you could call it rural, you could call it 21st century tourism, but it was changing anyway. And perhaps this will precipitate a much faster change and I mean I think for the global climate it could also be a good thing if people travel less but travel differently of course. Of course. All right. and I think one only has to dip a toe into professional um, tourism journals or websites and look at the sort of debates that are going on there right now globally there is cruises or um, eco-tourism or niche tourism or sea sun and sangria type tourism they're all sort of saying the same thing that the we are now a different generation by maybe two or three generations from those who started to yeah. travel around as a mass market and what people after these days has changed to what they're calling experiential bubble of tourism people want experience now exactly rather than just being in a certain place they don't want to sit on a sunbed and sunbathe for a fortnight with some do well, some I mean, do some, but less and less people do. do but absolutely and more are after an experience and mm. experiences they are saying can be virtual as well as presential yeah or in so here we go back to that lovely word rather than in person <laughs> but it, it yeah. will mean as well that a small a set of small islands like the canary islands which relies up to 75 percent on repeat tourism will really have to up its game if it's going to offer an alternative experience every single time someone returns here and i think it was trying to move in that direction anyway i mean Adeje very much for instance to the fore in, in smart city tourism but obviously, 
this pandemic has put a spanner in that works. But I mean, I, let's hope that the powers that be are still working in the background on, on how to move forward once it's over, once the pandemic. Well, over is a word maybe we shouldn't use once it has become manageable. Yeah, I, I think over is possibly not the right word. Um, manageable, yeah. But part of that management will involve fewer people traveling. Yeah. And, and as I was saying about these professional level magazines, you know, they're talking about experiential um, tourism, but they're also talking about a different generation entirely, an Instagram generation. Now, yes. I, I, I get that some people like to sit in a bar and listen to entertainment in a bar, but surely nobody would disagree that some of the bars that we have in Tenerife, they're not in the most um, picturesque location. No. You put something on You need a, a you need palm trees. You you don't need to be in a, in an alleyway, perhaps with no. with plastic furniture. Now, okay, they, that sounds snobby, and there are people who like that, and I don't decry it for those who like it. But if we are looking at a new generation that doesn't want that because it doesn't photograph well for Instagram, or it doesn't give them the experience of paragliding that they want when they step off Taucho Mountain. Yeah, um, or, or scuba diving new. or jet skiing. Exactly. Something new needs to be offered to them. Yeah. And that means a different model of tourism. And as Italian. I say, I, I think we were going there anyway. Uh, and I just hope yeah. that, that the journey will continue and will still be able to offer those tourists who do like to come here for a week and have cheaper beers and go to the beach and then have a few pints. I mean, that is still a lovely way to spend a couple of days away from an office, away from the, the rain and the damp and the cold. But we need to expand. Exactly. And nobody, absolutely, nobody is remotely saying that this is so down market, we don't want it. No, and it doesn't it have to be either or. Perfectly. No, and it isn't something that we want to see the back of. It's it's just that the market has shifted, whether exactly. we like it or not. Yeah, the market has shifted, and I remember the Greek islands many years ago. Now they had this sort of problem. Places like Rhodes, it became like Magaluf at one yeah. point, and the market just the market just moved off. And because and it was transient the, as well, that the party crowd moves. The, Exactly, it does. It moves around. It's like yeah. the Persian court in, uh, yeah. in in ancient Persia. It moves around to various places throughout the year as seems fashionable. Janet, not that either or any of our children would ever believe that we were ever part of the party crowd, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were. <laughs> All right. Listen, we had more to talk about, but I think for now we, we have probably, you know, offloaded enough on people to have a listen to today um, and I hope as we always do that it has been of some interest we've probably annoyed some people maybe we've amused some people I hope we've informed some people but um, we hope you will come back and listen to the next Canary Cast and you know on the Anchor FM site where we upload this podcast you can always leave messages for us and in fact you can leave a voice message which you can play into the next podcast if we want to if I can work out how to do it <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I think a mix of um, personal views and 
entertainment and information, if, if we can tick those boxes, then, you know, some people are always going to get annoyed at, at something someone says. Hey, guys, we do this in our own time because we like talking to each other. It helps me clear my mind. It helps inform me as well as everybody else. And I, I think Janet enjoys it, too. <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, until probably this time next week, Janet. Yes. We Stay can, safe. Let's hope. Let's hope that next Monday we can say Tenerife is either going down to level one or if still in level two, yeah. the special measures are lifted and we'll have even more freedom in a week's time. Brilliant. But one thing the government is saying very loud and very, very clear, as these measures are lifted, as things become more relaxed, they'll only go backwards if we aren't ultra careful it doesn't mean we can drop our guard no 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 we've we've come this far because we kind of stuck by the rules guys over christmas we didn't have the big way hey, hey christmas parties that other countries might have permitted and it has exactly. paid off so let's just well, you know we're enjoying the sunshine people are out they're at the pool they're having their beers they're just not going overboard so let's keep it that way and we can continue to just bring down the levels and stay amen safe. to that all right amen Okay, everybody, talk to you next week. Until then, stay safe and enjoy the lovely island of Tenerife. Bye for now. Bye for now.